Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of vacation rentals. With more than 35 years combined industry experience, Alex Husner and Annie Holcomb have teamed up to connect the dots between inspiration and opportunity, seeking to find the one story, idea, strategy, or decision that led to their guest's big aha moment. Join them as they highlight the real stories behind the people and brands that have built vacation rentals into the $100 billion industry it is today. And now it's time to get real and have some fun with your hosts, Alex and Annie. Welcome to Alex and Annie, the real women of vacation rentals. I'm Alex. And I'm Annie. And we're joined today with Mr. Mark Simpson, who is the founder of Boostly. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. This is very exciting. I was saying before we started recording, this is off my bucket list of podcasts I wanted to come on to. So thank you for having me. Oh, that's exciting. I'm glad that we're on somebody's bucket list. I know. <laughs> that's pretty cool. And we're excited to have you here today and um, talk about all the things that you are involved in, which there are plenty of them. You are uh, very much an advocate of the Book Direct movement, which I think our audience is also very interested in. And Annie and I have a lot of experience in, in book direct type strategies and OTA strategies too, but certainly knowing how to d- drive that direct traffic is really important. Um, you also just wrote a book, um, but before we g- get into that, why don't you tell us a little bit, tell our audience a little bit more about you and your history? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I've been involved in hospitality and short stay accommodation since the age of four. I pretty much, when, when, I, was, when I was born, I was born onto a 200 acre farm in the middle of nowhere in, in the United Kingdom. Uh, the, the little town was called Scarborough. So if you've got any UK visitors, you'll know what Scarborough is. Very touristy area. And it happened in the, the, the very early 90s where my parents needed to diversify their their farm and, and they went down the route of accommodation. So they tore down a barn, turned it into a four, four bedroom guest house. And this is before Expedia's and the booking.coms and online or anything. So they basically had to market their business through word of mouth and magazine ads, et cetera. But it worked really well because the farm stay sort of brand back then was, was, was no, nobody was doing it. And they were one of the first, and they definitely had first mover status. And over the years I'm growing up in, in this business and it was getting really popular and busy and they tore down another barn and added another 10 rooms on and it got busier and busier and the word of mouth was going. And you know, I'm, I'm an, I'm a young teenager serving breakfast, going to school, coming back, you know, serving evening meal, meeting so many amazing people. I just got to the point where I was so used to always having people in my house. Just imagine walking into your kitchen as somebody. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that was me until the age of 19, 20, when I then had an amazing opportunity to become a soccer coach. And uh, I got my qualifications. And then I spent six, seven years traveling to America every single year uh, for six months at a time. Got to travel to every single state. I've been to both the states that you two are based out of and had some amazing times, Myrtle Beach and Florida and, and on the West Coast as well. And then in uh, 2011, moved back to the family business. And that's where I came in full time, me and my wife and my my eldest, who was one at the time, who's now nine. And over the sort of the five, six years there, um, really helped get the business online. And um, we got to a point where we were the most recommended business on TripAdvisor, which was fantastic. This is when TripAdvisor was a thing (laughs) back in 2016. Mm -hmm. And we were the most followed uh, social media business in our area. So the independent business on Facebook, which was, which was fantastic. And we just took that offline word of mouth, brought it online. And then in 2016, I started to go to local tourism meetings 
And at these meetings, it was full of other hosts and guest house owners, bed and breakfast owners, rental owners. And they were sort of really puzzled with the new age of marketing, social media and et cetera. And they were having to rely on booking.com for bookings and Expedia for bookings. And I just, just started asking questions, finding out if there was any support for, for these hosts. And there wasn't on a local level, there wasn't on a county level or a state level, and there was no tourism help. So, you know, I, I just created a Facebook group called the hospitality community and it's still there now. And it was just for local hosts. And I just, every day just shared a little tip, whether it was a Facebook tip or a Twitter tip or a whatever tip. And um, I just started doing it every day and people showed up and people from around the UK wanted to join and requested to join. I thought, oh, this, this is interesting. And then people from Germany and France and Spain and Australia and America. And before I knew it, we had thousands of hosts from all over the world who were just showing up because they wanted help when it came to direct bookings. Wow. And so I built a community. And then in 2017, me and my wife, we wanted to travel again because we were, we've always traveled. Even before I met my wife, she was a, a traveler. And so um, me and Alfie and Frank, and my, my other child, Charlie, we, we, uh, we basically started traveling. And at that time I thought, well, there's something I can do here where we can travel and we could have, you know, I could build something where I could help hosts all around the world. And, and the goal was just to get free accommodation where we could rock up somewhere. And, right. <laughs> and, help somebody. and then what, what transpired from that is pretty crazy, to be honest. Um, now it's to a point where 2022, I wrote a book, uh, a best-selling book, which is amazing. Um, I've helped awesome. over 1000 hosts, uh, whether it's training or website design and, um, yeah, my main mission now, my main goal is to help 1 million hosts cut down on their over-reliance on the OTAs and to help them show how they can get their own bookings directly through whatever means it may be. And um, yeah, I'm really excited. This is just the beginning. And uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm, I'm really looking forward to having a, a nice discussion about just how I've grown everything and, and share any tips along the way. Yeah. Oh gosh. There's so much there to unpack, Mark. That's awesome too. And I mean, what an amazing business you've built in a relatively short amount of time, but I think you've seen the business change, you know, extensively since, you know, those early days, uh, certainly on the farm, but even in the community when you first started that, but um, the first question that comes to mind, and, and I'm sure there's, there's different differences from where you are versus where we are in the States, but the individual hosts that you started with that you were helping you know, were they, were they directly themselves putting those properties on booking and Expedia or were they just on Verbo and Airbnb? Yeah. I feel like, um, in the UK and Europe, I definitely feel, um, and, and, and this could be more so in, when you look at hotels and small guest houses in the States, but when you've got a, a bed and breakfast, for example, or you've got a small hotel, you are more going to have a property management software, a PMS. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you're just naturally going to then list your properties on, on, on the online sites like uh, booking.com and, and Expedia, where the, where the two big ones back in 2015, 2016, Airbnb really sort of ramp it up a, a, a little bit later. And so what I found was, and what I noticed was that it was so easy to get a booking from booking.com and Expedia they didn't really need to do much because it's so in demand. The indi- this industry that we are in is so in demand. Um, and you literally can just put a couple of pictures up on a couple of OTAs. And especially if you're in a, say, a touristy location, you could very easily sell your property out two or three or four times over 
um, with, with, with the help of the OTAs. And it's a blessing and it's a curse because it's a blessing because it is so easy to bring in revenue, but it's a curse because then you become so over-reliant. Right. And when you become so over-reliant on one platform, say like booking.com or Airbnb or Expedia, then you are playing in someone else's sandbox. Yeah, and, absolutely. And when you become over-reliant, you go, oh, well, I'll stop doing this. I'll stop doing whatever like Mark and I was doing. And then something could happen. Like you, your account could get hacked into it. I've seen that. You could get a couple of really bad reviews. I've seen that. And you just drop off the algorithm yeah. or for, for whatever reason, you just may not may stop getting reviews. And, and that's when it really hurts. So yeah, it's, it was a lot of people were struggling and I definitely notice it really now, especially when I speak to hosts in America who are, you know, just on Airbnb. Um, I really noticed that more than ever because they, they haven't even got a, a PMS, a channel manager, you know, they, they haven't got somebody helping them. So they're just so reliant on one platform. And that's, I think that's a massive pain point right now in our industry. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Um, so I was a property in property management and then I was at Expedia for a few years. And when I was first at Expedia the first year and a half or so, that was when booking.com came over from the Europe and was really making a, a play for the, the States. But one thing that I noticed was in just talking with people since I've been on the channel management side of things is that the vacation rental industry in um, Europe, it's been around, like it's been, it's been going on and it was part of the, the traditional OTAs, if you will, for a long time. And I, there's a, there's just, there was a hesitancy in the States for people to work with those channels. So they did become, I think that's how the Airbnb and the Verbo was able to kind of harness that there was the growth going on and they were harnessing that audience and not allowing the regular OTAs to kind of step into that space. But for you, do you see a, the same amount of difference that I know I saw a few years ago now when you're talking to a UK provider versus a US provider on the rental side? I feel like now when you're talking about booking.com that's come over to the States and say Airbnb that's come over to the UK, I definitely feel like we're an equal par now. And I definitely feel like in, in America and bearing in mind for full context, I probably speak to hosts who have got one property to about maybe say 50. So you'll, you'll have the hosts that have got maybe one or two properties, or then you've got the property managers that have got more than four, five, six, up to about 50. Very irregularly, will I speak to people consistently who have got 100 plus. So it's like the sort of smaller end of, of, of the schedule. Right. And what I've definitely noticed in the last year and a half, ever since the, the pandemic started and, and all of the things that have happened, is that property managers and hosts now in in the United States, more so than ever, have realized that they can't put all of our eggs in one basket. They can't just be on one platform. They do need to be diversified to a point and they do need to be multi-platform. They do need to have a presence on booking.com. They do need to be have a presence on um, Verbo and they have to get a property management software. And I think that has been a ma- major kick to it because we, we all know what happened in March. We all know what happened with Airbnb where they just canceled everybody's stays and all of the refunds. And, and I feel like that's where people go, okay, I've got to, I've got to do something about it, which in, in a crazy way has been one of the major growths in Boostly. We had a 200% growth in 2020 and we had a massive amount of that growth came from the States because uh, people were going, okay, I know I need to do this thing called direct bookings. You know, right. I've, I don't know. <laughs> so right. This thing. And, and it's just <laughs> like very fortunate that for the five years before that, I've been talking about direct bookings every yeah. single day, every single week. Yeah. And um, I was just in the right place at the right time. And, it, and it's been so cool to help so many people in, in, in America. I get so many messages on Instagram from people in, in America and Canada and, and, and even Australia that have just been provided just solely on one channel and now want to be diversified, which is, which is great. Yeah. 
Well, it's interesting too. I mean, what's happened in in the professional management industry in the last year since COVID? I mean, there was two tracks that people took uh, during the pandemic. Either they put all they had all their eggs in one basket on Airbnb, and they really got taken to the cleaners on that because they didn't get the money that they were supposed to have and be able to pay their their owners and all those types of terrible situations that we heard about. And then after that, the OTAs that were not spending any money, now they did not have a way to market the properties that were definitely wide open at that point. Um, Or you have the people that decided, okay, we've already been building a book direct type of a company for a few years, many years, whichever is the case. And now we're going to go straight to the search engines and we're going to put that money into PPC because we're not competing directly with the OTAs. And that's that's what we did at Condo World. And I know several other companies within our destination here and in, in Annie's area in Florida uh, that had that mindset really were able to catapult our growth because of not having that competition. I mean, our, our cost per clicks were significantly less and we were able to just attract a wider range of people that we're still now, we've got so many new guests that came from that push that and the pandemic was terrible, but at the same time, that really made a big difference for us. But it's, um, you know, we Book Direct has been something that we've focused on since, you know, the dawn of time. I mean, even back before OTAs, you know, the, our owner, of course, was trying to cut costs and not have to do as many newspaper ads or, you know, the, all the ways that we used to advertise. So it's uh, it's really just a cost of advertising is what that means. But uh, it's interesting to see how things have, have changed throughout the years there and, and the emphasis that has really started to focus on it now. Yeah. I, I think um, one thing as well, if, if any anybody like, like Condo World has really wanted to take a push to the search engines and do PPC, then coming out of 2020, in that middle of 2003 was the perfect time to sort of give it a go because the yeah. booking.com and everybody, they scaled back their, yeah. their advertising costs yeah. so, so, so much because they, they had to. So there's definitely a, a play in, yeah. you know, um, obviously you, you've been speaking to Pete at, at um, Fuel Travel um, mm-hmm. and, and the rebrand and stuff. They are so much more clever and switched on on that sort of side of things for, th- th- than I am. And they are perfect people to chat to about that because they are so switched on with that sort of thing. But I definitely, 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 feel like there is there's is a really good opportunity now for property managers at a lower end or a higher level that can take advantage of the fact that guests now are more inclined to click around they are yeah, more inclined to not just go to one you know place, yeah. one place they mm-hmm. they will click around because they now know that um they can get a better rate or they can get better mm-hmm. incentives and and it's and the whole reason why I started boostly was because I knew that there's so many benefits of Booking Direct and just the, there's so good marketing going on at Expedia, at um, Booking.com and at Airbnb, which which drives people to their sites. But it, I wanted to re-educate the guests. And that's yeah. what I've been doing at the family business since 2011, re-educating the guests. So by, by leaving little placards in the rooms, by sending emails, by talking to them because the beauty of being on the site at the family business is that I checked in every guest. I walked yeah. from the check-in to the wow. room and I sort of got to speak to them. Like first hand surveys of, of like why they booked and how did they book and how did they find us and whatnot. And it, it, it was awesome. But what I realized is that I couldn't educate, re-educate the guests. What I needed to do was re-educate the hosts. Yeah. Because once I re-educate the host, if I can re-educate 1 million hosts, then they will then able to re-educate their guests. And that is how we get the attention of the OTAs. That is how, you know, we can be seen not just as a number, but we can actually be seen as a, as a partner 
So I think that's where it's really important to keep on doing this. Yeah, I think that COVID just changed. Um, it, it changed the the power. You know, it, it went from the OTAs being in power to the to the PMCs having that power. And I think that that's one thing that I I like to see out of COVID again. There's a lot of positives that came out of it, as bad as it was, is that the voice, the collective voice, kind of came together and coalesced around this conversation of direct booking and like, let's cut the fees. And I'm a channel manager. So I sit in this weird space of like, yeah. I want to advocate for the property manager because yeah. I've been a property manager and I understand that, but I also need to advocate for using the channels and kind of diversifying, you know, that, that um, path of distribution. But I think it, it's, it's put this whole community kind of on footing that it's a much stronger footing than they were on before, before. Yeah. Annie, I'm glad you said that too, because I think that's what makes you unique in what you do and really Mark the same thing for you as well. And I, and I also, I think for, for me too, at Condo World, because when you have that diverse perspective, um, it just, it, your the, the advice you're going to offer is more, I mean, it's, it's just more holistic and it's going to be better, I think, overall versus being so granular one thing, because you, you have to look at it that way. I mean, what's best for your customer is not just always from the book on the OTAs, which is going to be- benefit you. Absolutely. What's best for Mark is not just for them to always book direct. Same thing with Condor World. I mean, but you have to have that even balance. And I think sometimes it's just depending on which vendor you're talking to, <laughs> it's their way or the highway. And it's yeah. important to have that different perspective. What I really agree is, and, and this is really important to stress, is that when I talk about direct bookings, people just naturally assume that I say you have to go cold turkey on mm-hmm. the online travel agents. But that's that's so not what I'm saying. Our right, family yeah, business was them. in the middle of nowhere. It was mm-hmm. it was a farm in the middle of the North Yorkshire Moors. It should never have got the attention it did. And we would never have got that attention if we hadn't have listed on booking.com. Booking.com opened up the potential right. guests that could see us on an on a on a on a national and an international level. And I was, I was doing a, a lot of promotion and podcasting on the book direct day, which was in uh, February, which Amy Hino, I know you've had her on the show, yeah, massive yeah. fan of, and was a promoter of it for like five, six years. She started it off. And yeah. when I wasn't doing book direct day, somebody played devil's advocate with me and said, well, should you go a hundred percent direct bookings? And they were going to assume that I said, yes, but I said, no, you can't, again, you can't go a hundred percent book direct because yeah. What you're going to do is again, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. And right. anything could anything could happen. You could lose access to your emails, your database could go. You've got to have that right. balance and, and, and that split. Yeah. And if there's any, if there's any business owner, if there's any uh vendor or anybody who's watching this and they're trying to think of like a little takeaway to take from it, is that you have to make sure you spread all of your marketing and all of your business has to be split evenly. You can't just be solely reliant on word of mouth. Yeah. Because yeah. what happens if people stop talking about you? So you have to make sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, yeah, you're di- yeah. and, and you're diversified. So it's really important that that's we would sort of get that across. I had an experience in my market. Um, so I was at a management company and then made the grave um, misstep of starting another management company, company right about the time the economy crashed. And then we had an oil spill in the Gulf. Um, and fighting against what social media was putting out there. And again, fake media, people were telling stories and saying that they had seen you know, all of this oil on the beach and they'd seen it everywhere and the beaches were terrible and people were dying. And it was just all this stuff that we would get out literally every day, my husband and I, and do a YouTube just a quick YouTube video from the beach to say, look at the beach. It's beautiful. There's nothing going on here. Just because we couldn't, there was no advertising that we could do that was going to combat what people thought the gossip was at the grocery store. But if it had not have been for Expedia at that time for us, 
we wouldn't have had any business that summer. I mean, they saved our skin and I've always been very, you know, big advocate of absolutely have a plan to get as much direct business as you can, but you've got to have somebody there when you fall, everybody's going to trip and fall and you got to have somebody to help you. So the OTAs, while yes, they get a bad rap and they're the 500 pound gorilla in the room, they're, they're aligned. They want to help book business just like you do. Yeah. They're taking a piece of it, but you're, you're giving a piece of it to, you know, to Google every time you pay for an ad. So it's, it's dependent on who do you want to give the money to? What's your best ROI? You know, and we can, we can definitely see that the industry has grown so much because of Airbnb and Verbo Mm -hmm. and the exposure and just, you know, magnification that is given to our industry. So there's, yeah, you can't completely count them out. <laughs> you try. <laughs> say you don't like them, but yeah, there's, yeah. you just got to work with them. That's the end of the day. That's the best thing. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So what, um, so Mark, you wrote this book. Was this, um, I, I apologize. I've read a little bit of the blurbs that you shared with us on our clubhouse group, um, but not have not gotten the whole book. Um, what was, was it just all this experience that you had that you decided you needed to put all these tips and tricks down into writing and yeah, publish? <laughs> let, let me get a copy first. <laughs> yeah, I have got one. I've got one here. So it's called. Oh, of course the book. you do. Yeah. So if you're watching on the on the YouTube on the YouTube, yeah. this is very much. You look at the camera. It's called the book direct playbook. And yeah. So basically, the reason why I wrote it is that I've recorded nearly 500 podcast episodes. I have oh, done wow. nearly like a thousand thousand blog posts, and I can't even think pod posts on social media. So there's lots and lots and lots out there. But yet still. I get people in my inbox, in the Facebook group, in the comments, asking, asking questions. And I'm like, well, I've got a video. It's right here. But for, for whatever reason, it's yeah. like, it's really hard to, to, to divert them. So um, about a year and a half ago, I had a conversation on the beach in Spain with Julie George, another guest. Of yeah, honest. I love Julie. And uh, <laughs> she was the one who gave me the, the kick up the ass, so to speak, to do it. <laughs> And um, she basically said, Mark, at the end of the day, a book is going to be your business card. It's going to be, it's going to be like the, the, the thing that not only that you will remember in years to come, but it'll be something that you can pass on to your kids when, when they get older, et cetera. And, and I just sort of stopped and I thought, well, okay, if, if I can come up with a book and I don't want it to be autobiographical, I don't want it to just be about my life and my story. I want it to be something that is going to help and, and benefit hosts. And I'm a massive fan of books. I think we're talking beforehand, you know, I'm a massive fan of Mike McCallowitz, a very big author. Um, sorry, my camera's a bit out of focus. <laughs> I can just see here, so I have to put my hand here. Um, I'm also a massive fan of Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Um, and my, my favorite ever book is Tools of Titan. And with Tools of Titan, um, he basically took his 200 podcast episodes and he put the best of into this one book. And the book isn't something that you read from page one to page 300. Mm-hmm. It's a book that you go in, you find the chapter and go, okay, I want to learn more about this. And you skim to it. And like I say, I, I, I used to be a soccer coach and I would always have a playbook with me at the side of the pitch. So when I was coaching, when I was working, when I was uh, either running a drill or running a game, I would have my playbook. And if I wanted to run a certain drill on passing or shooting or goalkeeper, whatever, I would open my playbook. I would go to it. I'd find the chapter. I would do it. We would implement it. And then I would review it afterwards. So when I came to sort of draft out the idea of the book, I was like, well, what, what could I do? And it just came back to this playbook idea. So I took 
10 years of what I've been doing, I thought, well, what are my like top hundred tips? And I just put them into this. So anything from how to get your customer avatar, how to do email marketing, how to set up a website, how to be a content creation machine, how to build relationship, how to get corporate bookings. It's, it's all in, all in here. <laughs> and when you, when I announced it in the group, the first five out of 10 comments was, well, why are you writing a marketing book? It could literally go out a date by the time it gets released. And so that was always at the back of my mind. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, and so what I did was I created everything that was going to be generic. So it's generic advice. It basically social media is this, the tactics that you share is the same for every single platform. So for example, if, if I'd have started writing about Musical.ly, Musical.ly is no more, it's now TikTok, you know, and LinkedIn has changed so much and Snapchat has disappeared. So this, this, the advice that I share is more about the psychological aspect of social media and how it can be um, generic. So that if my Alfie, for example, who is now nine in like 10 or 20 years time, if he decides to get into hospitality and short-term rental, he can pick this up and put it into practice. So, but what I did is I created an online course as part of this book. So everybody who buys the book, you get a special little code. You then go to the online course and there's so many videos and resources and tools that I'll always be able to update behind the scenes. So it doesn't matter whether you buy it now in 2022 or if you get it in 2032, that will always be updated and, and, and be, um, be, be accessible. And, awesome. and yeah, it's, it's very interactive. Um, the first chapter of the book is that I ask people to send me a message and tell me who their customer avatar is. And this has been the best, 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 best thing. Just getting messages from people that I've never conversed with before on Instagram saying, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm reading the book or I'm listening to the book. And this is my customer avatar makes my day. And it's the best thing that I have, I have, I've ever done. Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. And I love that it's an audio book too. That's, that's going to be how I consume it. Cause I do just about everything on audio, but tell us about that experience. That's, that must've been different <laughs> going through that. Harren. <laughs> so you're not going to do it again? No, well, if, if I do do it again, if, if I do, if I do, then, you know, I, I will definitely be a lot more relaxed. I will definitely be a lot more calmer. I won't be panicking as much as when I did record it because I would do it in such a different order as well, because normally what happens when it comes to the audiobook is that you wait for the book to be released and then you record the audio. And I, I, I'm very fortunate that I know lots of amazing people who put books out and whatnot, and they're all giving me advice, but I was just Mr. Stubborn British guy. Just, I know I'm going to do it this way. And da, 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 da. Anyway, so I recorded the audio two weeks before the printed version was due to come out. And I was panicking because I, I, again, one bit of advice for any author is don't have a set release date. <laughs> don't have a set release date and don't announce it publicly, like publicly as well. Because um, every author told me don't have a set date, but I did it because I wanted it to go out on Book Direct Day. Yeah. Seeing that Book Direct Day was the 2nd of February, 2022. So 2222. It was yeah. like, oh, yeah, what a great done. day to do it. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was, and, and, it, and this book had 222 pages in it. So it was like, I was so oh, it's perfect. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I had all the promotion. I had all the planning. I had I had all all the sponsorships and all of the affiliations and everything lined up for, for, for the second. And yeah, two weeks beforehand, um, two days in, in the freezing cold. We were in between moving houses as well. Um, I had to get it done. I, I Luckily, I discovered a very very, very good recording studio and a team that was so patient with me. But I mean, the best way to describe it is right now you pick up a piece of, like, pick up the book and just try and read a page. And when you read it, you just read it like we're talking right now. 
Yeah. When you record in an audiobook, you have to go slow. You have to stop. You have to reread. And it was, it was so stressful, but we got there, we did it. And it's really interesting now me hearing the book. So I've got it on audible and I listen to it back and I can just tell how nervous I am for the first say 10, 20 pages. And after that, it gets a lot, a lot more confident. In fact, I've had people who've been following me for about five, five years now who said who've got the audible and they, they send me a message on WhatsApp saying, I can tell how nervous you are. (laughs) Isn't it amazing though? I mean, you being a a podcaster, you know, that too, the first few episodes where you listen to yourself, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I used to hate even listening to myself on a voicemail and you just have to push through that. And hopefully you start to improve as you listen to yourself over time, but that's definitely a challenge in any of this. Well, it's, it's like taking yourself out of the comfort zone, taking yourself yeah. outside of oh, your definitely. comfort zone, yeah. you're only going to improve. So I, I ever, ever since I started this, I mean, I'm, Boostly was everything. And if Boostly wasn't successful, then, you know, the, our family wouldn't have been eaten. It was like, it's, that's like literally as, as how it is. So it's like, you're just taking yourself out of that comfort zone and just stepping forward. And as long as you're always taking yourself outside the comfort zone, you're only going to improve. So yeah. Yeah. hopefully the next book, if there is one and I do an audio, I'll be better. I think there'll be. I think there's going to be like a, a second edition of this. You'll have to update it, of course. You'll learn a bunch of new things to share. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, who knows? Who knows? Hopefully, one day, if, if if enough people want it, and you know, it'll be a, a long way down the down the line. And then, uh, then yeah, I have to recover after this one first because it's barely a month old. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you've got a place to go. So, did you have a did you have a goal for how many books that you wanted to sell, like right out of the gate with your editor or publisher? Yeah, so you, you're never really going to make money on a book. Um, and because, and again, this is a big, um, this is a big worry to me because since writing this book, um, I had to, had to, had to, didn't have any other option. I had to put it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, I had to, there's no other way I could have get this book. I could have done it directly. Okay. And Amazon started all those years ago with Jess Bezos and his garage just posting out books. And now it has grown so much and it's just, it literally monopolized the book market, the e-commerce market, and who knows what's next. And I look at hospitality and I look at Airbnb and I look at the growth. And since 2016, Airbnb has been the scrappy little OTA that's tried to take Mm -hmm. on Expedia and booking.com. Now in 2022, it's a fair argument to say they're above them. Right. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's no coincidence that they've raised their commission from 3% to 14%. And as you know, Annie, yeah. Expedia for like 15%, yeah. booking.com 15% is very on purpose. Yeah. And so what, what happens now is if Airbnb grows and grows and grows and grows, and it's, and it's literally now on this big marketing spiel to get more and more hosts, they say, listen, we need millions of hosts yeah. and they're hosting. They're very clever. They're targeting Verbo people to get onto their platform. What happens if they get so popular and literally they are the, the dominant market leader and they go to a host and they can see all of their bookings and go, well, Mr. And Mrs. Host, I can see that we provide 80% of your bookings. I don't think a 14% commission is about right. I think this is more 30% commission yeah. or 4% or if this is a 50-50 relation. Like f- for me with Amazon, for every book that I sell, I only get 30%. So I pay 70%. Yeah. It's a lot of commission. Yeah. And you look at Amazon, you look at Airbnb and you look at the, 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 what's happening and how it's trying to, to grow. And, and this is, this is why it's important for me to keep saying what I'm saying. I'm talking about book direct to show hosts that listen, you can do this yourself. You can do these little marketing tactics and tips. It is a lot easier than what you make it out to believe. It doesn't yeah. have to be Google ads. It doesn't have to be Facebook ads. You don't have to spend money. In fact, every single tip in here costs you nothing to do. Mm-hmm. So 
Well, think about it. You're you're trying to tell people it's book direct, but you are trying to get them to buy your book directly. <laughs> so yeah. it's all different if you yeah. book can't, direct. Yeah. I literally cannot, I cannot have anybody buy this book for me direct because there's no way for me to get there's it. There's no way. Really? Oh wow. Yeah. There's no way. There's I haven't got a printing machine behind me. <laughs> for once, yeah. I have to use oh, I have yeah. to use Amazon's like it's literally it's, it's crazy. But it, it is what it is. As, to answer your question, like, like there's no, there, there's no goal on, on numbers or anything like that. Um, I'm very happy that I've actually had a return of investment because I had to pay to get it, uh, to get it out there to the world and down the road. Which is amazing. Uh, like Julie George, like she gave me the kick up the bum all those years ago. Like, I say all those years ago, it was only 18 months, but it's like, <laughs> this is now my business card. And so many people have messaged me asking a question and it's just buy this book. And it's a tenner, you know, so it's $10 or, or whatever it may be. And, and again, this, this is going to be something that I will have for years and years and years and years to come. So when I go to an event or a conference, I'll have this with me and, and you know, it'll just be a great sort of way to sort of um, get people more aware of what I'm doing and, and boostly and the book direct movement. So yeah, it surpassed any individual goals that, that, that I had. And I got, I got it to the bestseller. I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's so wonderful. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. And, and that's yeah. cool. I think Annie, we need to start working on a book. It sounds like yes, we'll have Mark read it for us in our spare time. Yeah, yeah. But what a what a great thing! And one thing that we've learned, and Alex and I've learned just for through ourselves, is that and and Amber Hurdle was our very first guest, and she kind of really pushed us. She was probably our Julie George, like as we were doing this, was that you know all of your your strengths and your gains and your successes are going to come if you push through that fear. You just have to, you just have to do it. And if you just get past it, you look back and you're like, okay, that wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. But for these owners, these individual people, you know, what you were saying is they just think it's so um, overwhelming for them to try to do some of these things and and to set some of it up. Yeah. You got to put some time into it, but once you get a routine going, it, it, it all makes sense and it works. And I think that they just have to get over that you know, this is a way I've always done it attitude and and try all of these great tips that you share with them. I registered on your website as a, um, as a get or as a host to, to see how that all worked. And I mean, you bombarded me with a whole bunch of really cool stuff and questions and things that I was like, gosh, I never, I never even thought to ask that when I was in property management, let alone asking a property manager, some of these questions. So your, your passion is clearly um, driving Boostly and, and your success. And so I just applaud you. And it's been great to virtually meet you in some of the clubhouse chats and, and see you succeed and you share all this stuff on LinkedIn. And, and I'm so happy for you. No, thank you. And, you know, I am a fan of the show and um, it is awesome to be on here. And I, and I've listened to the one you did at the start of March. And one of the core little takeaways that I took from that episode is, is a theme that's been throughout this whole series of, of you running these podcasts is just do it. What's the worst that can happen? And I right, that, exactly. that stuck yeah. with me massively since listening to that episode. Yeah. And it's definitely what I've I've had a recurring theme is just do it. What what is the worst that that, that can happen? Yeah. Um, and and I feel like that has definitely been the core driving factor behind Boostly, behind a podcast, behind the book. What's the worst that can happen? So yeah. at the end of the day, um taking yourself out of that comfort zone is, is only going to improve you. It doesn't yeah. matter what you're doing. That's a Julie George. That's a Julie George statement right there. That you you know, you just what's the worst that can happen? I think she was very crack at it. (laughs) Just take a crack at it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It's all about consistency and and just showing up. I mean, putting one foot in front of the other. It's you know, looking back at our stats on our podcast. You know, the first episodes that we would air, 
would get, okay, I mean, some, you know, some downloads, but now every, every time we uh, release an episode, so many of our past episodes, people go back and listen to those. And it's really interesting to watch that progression, but it does, it just with anything and this included when you, when you get that momentum, it just, it starts to build and you just have to keep showing up and keep being consistent to it. And then that's where the success comes, but not an easy thing to say in any venture where you are putting yourself out there and going outside of your comfort zone, because it is a little stressful, you know, and this is a kind of, it's a very synergistic job to what Annie and I do every day anyways. I mean, we're having great conversations with people, but if from a time perspective, you know, outside of the office we're you know, Annie, I think we've talked to each other every single day for the past five months. I've yeah. talked to you more than I talked to, I mean, anybody really, but uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even live in the same town. So it's like, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, this is, this is what you will find is that because of what you do and because of the podcast, I now know more about YouTube than I did, like say five, six months ago. And right. you now are on conversations, whether it's for Condo World or Lexicon or you're at an event, yeah. people will instantly recognize you, will recognize the face, the voice and and the name, and it will just open up so many avenues. I, again, it's totally the same same scenario. 2016, 17, I started the podcast. Um, I've, I did loads of little different styles. At first I released it in a Netflix where I recorded six episodes released at once. And then I went to weekly and then I, so for some bizarre reason, did a daily podcast last year. Um, <laughs> yeah. well, but the offset has been that now the Boostly podcast is in the top 1% downloads in, in the world of all podcasts. Wow. Oh, that's, that's amazing. amazing. And, and, yeah. the, and you think that that's a massive number. But it, yeah. to, to get in the top 1%, because there are so many podcasts, to get in the top 1%, you only have to have just under 7,000 downloads in the first 10 days, just 7,000. And, and, you know, that's not a lot. If you think about all the other, like Joe Rogan's of the world podcast, yeah, yeah, you know, all, the, all the massive true. podcasts that we yeah. all listen to and, con- and consume. So yeah. it's by being consistent, it's by showing up and with podcasts in, in particular, it is the only this, and this is why Audible, this is why podcasts and Audible is so possible. And we talked about this in our little preamble is that every other form of content, whether it's reading a book, reading a blog post, watching a video, seeing a social media post, that is disruptive. It disrupts what yeah, you're you have, doing. You have to be like yeah. all in Present. on attention. Yeah. yeah. With a podcast, it doesn't. And and people can listen to podcasts and so many, they consume it. And if they like it and if it's sticky and if they keep coming back, they will be with you for the long run. Yeah, and it yeah. will do nothing but good things. If you're still going this time next year, and you've got a, a, a good bank of it, it, you will do a lot of things. Number one, it will build networks, communities, relationships within the peers and, and the vendors within this industry, but also as well, it'll have potential customers come to you as well, and they'll discover you via the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, you know, um, Stuart obviously, and Pete from the Fuel yeah. Hotel Marketing podcast, which is now Travel Boom, and we're going to have Pete on the show depending on when this airs very soon. But that was one of the things that got me so interested in it was that Stuart said, we never had to do any advertising for our marketing services. That podcast was the number one business development tool that we had. And that's what we were looking at at first, but it's become so many other things besides that. I mean, that's definitely a great advantage to it, but there's, yeah. there's a lot of, a lot of great things that come from being able to do this. But, and when you started the podcast, 2016, 2017, I mean, people 
the, the, the buy-in or understanding of what a podcast was back then was minimal because even at this point, I mean, podcasting is still in its infancy as far as where it's going to go. I think it's only like 35% of people listen to podcasts. I mean, it's still fairly low in the grand scheme of things, but for people who do listen to them, I mean, I'm an avid podcaster now. Like I prefer to listen to podcasts over music in most yeah. cases when I'm driving or getting ready in the morning. It's just, I'm addicted to it, but you, you got started so early that that's you've definitely been able to reap the benefits of that. Yeah, and I and I really like what you're doing as well with the audio, but you've also got the video. I think that yeah. is you know it's really really important because again it just opens up so many avenues, and this is where podcasters has evolved definitely. And I feel like by having the video that you can just put up on YouTube and the socials, fantastic. So now for me coming on here, I'm a massive fan, and I look forward to seeing it at this time in 2023 and beyond, and, and the growth of it. So yeah. uh, well done for getting it started. Well, thank you so much. And um, we're kind of nearing the end. And I know we wanted to throw a couple of questions at you. And I actually had one that popped up since you were talking about soccer. So are you a Ted Lasso fan? <laughs> oh, good question, Annie. <laughs> so um, I had to do one thing when I started Boostly. And that was sacrifice something. And I didn't want it to be <laughs> sacrificing time with the family. And that was right. my, my, my one core thing. I had to sacrifice one thing and that was watching TV programs. Oh. Uh, before Boostly, me and my wife, we used to get the kids to sleep and binge. And I mean, binge billions and suits and right. of cards and Game of Thrones, <sighs> you name it. But I had to cut some out in it. And it was that. And since then, I've never watched a, a TV series. Really? And wow. I have missed the Ted Lasso phenomenon i know who it is i've seen the little yeah. youtube clips and the bloopers and what oh. and obviously it's emmy award winning and i love the actor jason sadukis you know um even though i've cut out tv series i am my biggest passion outside of all of this is going to the cinema going to a movie oh okay i love it more than anything yeah. in fact as um one of my favorite things now is that our boys are nine, six and three and the six and nine year old are just getting into movies as well. We yeah. take them to the cinema. It's, it's amazing because when you go watch a good movie, everything on the outside world disappears. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And that's not the same. There's no phones. It's like literally you just sit there and you just get absorbed by it. And there's no better feeling. I'm a massive Marvel movie fan. In fact, there's a, oh, okay. there's, a yeah. there's a reference to a Marvel film in this book. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, so, okay. So no Ted Lasso, but yeah, <laughs> it's okay. He, he has some really great, he has some really great um, business uh, tips that you might be able to pick up if you ever do. Watch <laughs> show. So I'm a huge fan of it. Um, but the other question was, um, so what is the biggest accomplishment, your greatest accomplishment that you're most proud of? I said, I'm, I'm going to say your book. Yeah. One of them. Well, I was, that would be the easy answer. That'd be the easy. My biggest accomplishment is that I have built a business without having to sacrifice spending time with my family. I mean, that's the main thing. Oh, that's that's, that's, and then like yeah, having yeah. three boys, I've got three boys under six, under nine, sorry, three boys under nine and be able to still do the school run first and end and spending so much time with them and, and not having to sort of sacrifice the time with them to build all of this yeah. Um, yeah. is, is, is definitely like something that I'm very, very proud of because you just, you know, you, you see all the videos and you, you see all the things of how people have to like Elon Musk saying you have to eat glass and all that. And I was like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Yeah. I want to build this on, on my rules because I've worked in hospitality. I've done those crazy right. shifts uh, yeah. for, for many years. I've, I've changed all the bunk beds and did all the things. And I've, that's when I couldn't spend time with, Alfie and, and my wife Laura as much. So yeah, that, that's that's probably my my biggest accomplishment is 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 that. Well, that's a great accomplishment because yeah. a lot of people can say that they have built a great business or that they've built 
a family, but not everybody can say that they've done both of them well and together, you know, in a way that works on both sides. So pretty cool, Mark. Well, we appreciate you being here with us today. And I can't wait to get the audio version of your book. I'm definitely going to download that when I get off this call. Uh, but for our audience, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you and buy the book? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, definitely. So the, the book, all you need to do is go to boostly.co.uk forward slash book and boostly is b-o-o-s-t-o-y.co.uk forward slash book it will take you to the amazon store of your country wherever you are and you can choose the audible or you can choose the kindle or you can choose the print cool. um so that's the best place and then once you get the book it will tell you how to reach out to me because it, the book is very interactive i i want it to be one where people reach out to me and ask me questions and and, and interact via whatever social media channel etc so yeah go get the book book direct playbook on amazon um, and then uh, let, let's chat after that. Awesome. And if they want to just contact you, you're on LinkedIn also. Is that the best? Oh uh, yeah. Instagram, Instagram is my favorite one. Instagram okay. is my favorite channel of choice. It's the only app that I've got on my phone. I don't have any other apps on my phone, just Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're good on Instagram. So I, I love it. I love awesome. it. I, I, yeah. I really do. Like I say, yeah, it's at Boostly UK on, on the, on the Instagram. Please do come out and say hi. Yeah, and we'll, we'll make sure to include uh, links so that everybody can contact you from our show notes. But um, for anybody who's listening uh, or watching on YouTube, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. And we will see, oh, if you want to contact Annie and I, sorry, I almost forgot, uh, com. You can um, contact us through there. Or if you're enjoying the show, we'd love to hear from you. If you could leave a review, that would be awesome. But until the next time, we will see you soon. And thank you again for tuning in. 